smoke belching four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. Either one of those two numbers will get you pretty much anywhere in Tucson. Uh, Call-in number down here, 719-1490, 719-1490. We do have Mia on the other end of the phone. it would be happy to handle your phone calls call in. Give us uh, give us a call if you have any questions about uh, electric vehicles. Jim's did a lot of research this past week. I've done a buttload of research on it in the last three weeks, and so we we've got some information there. We put it pretty much put it in a nutshell the first hour. But if you have any questions about electric vehicles or uh, or comments, you know, keep it civil, but. Uh, Give us a call down here, and let's share it with the, the motoring public. This portion of the show is brought to you by Frontier Towing, 748-1100. Now, Jim, you tell us about Frontier Towing. Give it. Give me an overview on Frontier Towing. Let me see what I've missed. Oh, you get it about pretty. Oh. pretty you nail it pretty close every single time. Um, if you need it hauled or transported, we got it. We'll tow it. Cars, trucks, motorhomes, RVs, dump trucks, backhoes, loaders, dozers, sheds, containers. Uh, the containers. Well, you know, I never thought people could have so many containers in their life. But, man, we move a lot of containers for a lot of people. 20-footers, 40-footers, uh, job trailers. Um, I, storage is, a, is an amazing thing in this world because we, people all need to have uh, stuff on their property to store their stuff. We get the guys, the remediation guys. That, for example, you got some water damage in your house. You got to take all the stuff out of your house. You got to put it someplace. So we got to take a container out and set it down on the ground so they can store all your stuff inside that and bring it back. Okay, electric vehicles, yeah, we get those too, and and. Kind of interesting. They they break down in the most peculiar places because they don't coast very well, Jerry. They just shut off, and there you are. <laughs> They're kind of stuck. So people got to plan their routes with those, and they see the little light come on. Well, uh, <laughs> you need to get pulled over quick because if it's it's all on those, you know, all the wheels lock up, and there she sits. You're not pushing it either. There's no pushing that thing around. You have to sixty. You have to get them into what's called a tow mode for the electric vehicle. If they're dead, it it don't work. They don't go into tow mode. So you, that's kind of a fun one. Uh, <laughs> buses, SunTran buses all day long, city vehicles, county vehicles, wrecks. No wrecks. I don't want to do wrecks today, guys. Let's not do any wrecks. Let's just have an accident-free day. Let's have an ac- everybody. Let's go for that accident-free day. Everybody just drive like a normal person. 
try, try, try to be courteous to everybody. I don't want to pick anybody up from a wreck site today. Uh, you break down, that's great. But I don't want to go out there and see you hurt. Let's, let's, let's go for accident-free Saturday. I'm going for that. Today is accident-free Saturday. I know yesterday was, was tax day, kind of. But uh, or day before, yeah, Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday was tax day. Let's go for accident-free Saturday. That's what I want today. Okay, we could do that. We'll just do. It. We'll just claim that this today is an accident-free day. And yeah, let's go. All of you planning on driving, stay home. <laughs> or, that, or drive safe. That's going to happen. <laughs> Let's, let's, we're not going to stay at home, but let's let's drive safe. Let's everybody. Let's everybody. You know what? I know we're all in hurries. Everybody's, you know, the you got to, you know, like you said, those Teslas go from zero to sixty in two seconds, and then they are impressive. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. But let's not do zero to sixty in two seconds today. Let's just, you know, take a breath. Everybody, everybody, you know, you know, open the door. Open the door for your fellow individual you know extend a little courtesy a little a little caring you know say thank you please do this what is the 10 rules of kindergarten please and thank you don't don't take somebody else's stuff you know just just drive down the road and in a in a nice calm manner i know that everybody's going to be there's always somebody who's going to be in a hurry because there always is because trust me i'm i'm there um you know they want to go by you pull over a little bit let them go by you you know it's saturday it, it, let's let's let, accident free Saturday. I'm I'm proclaiming this accident free Saturday. That's what we're going to go with. Good, I like that. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you're working on your car today, of course Merle's is open. They got ten locations in Tucson. Then they got them scattered out around the state. Uh, you can go to uh, Merle's in Sierra Vista. You can go to Merle's in Morenci, Globe, and Casa Grande, Green Valley. And then you got 10 places in Tucson. Go to MerrillsAuto.com, and that will tell you where the stores are located, the nearest one to you. And when you go get uh, your brake shoes, and don't forget the hardware, uh, when you get ready to do the brake job, flush the brake system also. Be careful on these late model ones because at some some of these vehicles have to have a $30,000 computer hooked to them so it can activate the solenoid in there that controls the braking system in order to open it up and get all the brake fluid out of it. It has to be engaged. The only way you can do it is via the computer and you turn it on. Uh, I've heard other guys that said, yeah, you, there's another way, too. You can drive it down a dirt road and lock it down about three times. That'll open everything up. And I'm going, oh, okay. So, you know, uh, but when you do a brake job, do a complete brake job because that is safety. Uh, check your lights. That is safety. Remember, if you're going to cross three lanes, do it safe. Turn the turn signal on, move into that lane. Check all the all your mirrors and stuff. Make sure, turn your head around. Make sure you don't have anybody in your blind blind spot spot on the left side, and then make another self, uh, lane change. And yeah, if you're running 45 mile an hour, by the time you get over to the third lane, you're gonna be down the road a ways. But uh, you, as Jim said earlier, you can always turn around and go back. You can always turn around and go back, and it won't take near as long as it would be if you had a fender bender. Then it starts. Here come the cops. The cops, when they get there, all right, you've got about a 20, 25, 30-minute 
depending on how bad the fender bender is. And so you're there 20, 30 minutes, and that's just for that. Then you've got to call Jim at uh, 748-1100, Frontier Towing. They're a little quicker than that. They'll be there. They'll pick this thing up. Then you've got to say, okay, well, I've got to call my insurance agent. By the time you get through, you could drove to Casa Grande, turn around and come back with less aggravation. Easily. Easily. So you could have driven yeah. to Phoenix and back with with less aggravation. You know oh, that's yeah. a great point, Jerry. If you think that there isn't a way to make to ruin your entire day, if you think you're in a hurry and, and you're because and driving fast or crazy is going to get you there 13 seconds quicker for whatever reason, or, or texting and driving, there is nothing that will ruin your day like a crash. The, the, the never, assuming that nobody's injured, because if it's injuries, let's, let's, let's just write it completely off. You're, you're there, you have a crash, it's a simple crash, it's, it's a dented front fender and a headlight and a, and a flat tire. You're not going anywhere. Now, now you're stuck. And you're right, the insurance, the, the body shop, all that, the, the time that you're gonna spend is so far beyond just simply driving on through. I get it. I, I drove on through. Get go drive on through. And you don't know where you're going. You can follow the you, you're a driver. You can follow the road. Follow the road till you find a parking spot, a parking lot. You know, there's a little restaurant there, or a McDonald's, or a Burger King, or whatever. You pull in there. Right. Stop. Get get out your phone. Do a recalculation. Look to see where you're at. Then go. You know, take take pull off the side of the road. Get out of some. Get out of the, at where it's safe and make life better. Because that that crash incident is is it's it's nothing but headache. It's nothing but headache. And I I know you like your insurance guy, but you really don't want to talk to him anyways. He don't want to talk to you. He wants he just wants your premium dollars. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's. If it if, if if there's one thing that can make your day, it's not getting in a crash. That, that is just it's just it's so I see it every day. You know, it's just it's so exasperating. You know, so because now you now, and not only is it just you, you gonna you bring everybody else in your life into this crash because first off, they're gonna want to know if you're okay. Are you okay? Did is something going wrong? What happened? You know, uh, you know. Is, mm-hmm. You know, once they get past "Are you okay?" part, because that's the very first thing. Are you okay? Did you go to the doctor? Did you go to the hospital? Is anybody else in your car okay? Those are that's two hours right there. And if you get have to go to the hospital for a treatment or something, now you're talking days or months. Let's, yeah, we don't want that. We don't want any. Nobody wants that. So, so then once once you bring in, so now you bring in your friends, your relatives. Your your wives, your husbands, your kids. Now they're all now they're all wrapped up in the in the day about because you you have a crash, and that's that's the deal. People ask you know how how do people choose what to do when they get in an incident? They call a trusted friend, they call a, a a family member, they call somebody that they can rely on because they're in an emergency situation that won't that that their cognitive process isn't properly working. They're just not thinking correctly because. Exactly. When you, because the emotions are high, it's you're under a lot of stress, and you can reach out to somebody who can give you good information, good advice, who is less, who is still connected to you, but they're not in that situation. Don't get me wrong; they're not. It's not that they're not concerned, but they can help you through this situation. 
So now well, let's say let's say one other thing. Like I say, I'm always the simple guy. Uh, what about that uh, uh, steak dinner cookout that you were going to have at three o'clock in the afternoon, and this accident happened at eleven, and you have all it, it these people coming over? Uh, yeah, that's not happening. That'll mess up your day. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And if it was me, if it was me, and we're having a steak dinner. And you mess up my steak dinner, I am going to be highly upset. After I find out that you're okay and that we got everything taken care of, I'm going to be mad because we didn't have steak dinner. And there's one thing I do enjoy is that's a steak dinner. So and that, you've already not mess up the steak for dinner a process. week in advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, my, my taste it's real. What, what, what we're trying to get across is it's real. It's more to a fender bender than you actually think there is. There's more to making sure you turn left across three lanes of traffic into a shopping center that you're going to go get a, a a special on a grill or something to have for the steak dinner that you're not going to have because you just crashed. But it's it, you have to drive 100% of the time. You can't just drive part-time on these vehicles now because, one, I don't know who designates the speed limit in Tucson, but I'm going to tell you something. The speed limits in Tucson is not what the speed limits are posted, you know. And, of course, you, you drive by speed limit, and most people say, well, yeah, that's only a recommendation. With the new technology in the cars and the better brakes and stuff, we I can go fast. I've heard this. With the new technology in the car, Jerry, I can drive a lot further. That's like an 18-wheeler. Oh, those big trucks, they can stop. They got these monster brakes on them and all that. They got better stopping than you do. Really? And I have covered this last that. hour. You got eighty thousand well, pounds. It's got to stop, and it doesn't stop instantaneously. It, nothing about a, a big truck happens instantaneously. They don't turn instantaneously. They don't stop instantaneously. They don't start instantaneously. Everything about them takes time. It takes time to get them moving. It takes time to get them shut down. They, they, it takes time for those guys to react. So, yeah, if you think you're going to uh, – that's the, the famous one. They, you know, they, they got to get around you, and then they jump in front of you and hammer the brakes. <sighs> Again, it's accident-free Saturday. We're, let's not do that. Let's, let's, just let, let's just drive on by, turn around, come back. I get it. It's two and a half minutes that you're gonna that your whole day was ruined. But I get to guarantee you, when you get to wherever you're going, that two and a half minutes is completely forgot because you're gonna be there to see everybody and everybody's gonna be happy to see you. That two minutes or five minutes, even twenty five minutes, you can and then you get this whole story that you can reminisce about how how you how you the GPS because it's always the GPS's fault. Now, I know for a fact that stupid GPS took me in the wrong way, <laughs> the wrong location, whatever. And it's great, blame the GPS. It doesn't care. The GPS is the GPS is harmless. It it doesn't know. You can yell at it all day long and it doesn't care. But you can have a good story about how, how the GPS routed you around through the neighborhood. It didn't know what you were doing. It thought it thought that you were in Phoenix, Arizona when you were in Tucson. Yeah, that's a great story to tell. It's something to talk about. So, But if you didn't get in the accident, that's a way better story. Mm-hmm. A way better. If you want to take a ride in a hurry and have an escort, Go ahead and get in a wreck and have to go to the hospital in an ambulance. They run with the lights on. Uh, they, they'll run a red light. It depends on the severity of your injuries. They'll go through the red light, but even they slow down and go through red lights. 
so if you really want to take a ride in an emergency vehicle, just keep driving like a moron. You will. Okay. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm telling you, you know, that's about a $10,000 ride too, by the way. So, you know, be careful what you get. I think a minimum owns like 3,500. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that for a, the gospel truth. I'm sure there's some of them in rural metro or, but, you know, if you want to go to ride, if you want to ride in an emergency vehicle, just do something stupid and wind up where somebody calls 911 and they shoot this ambulance out and you jump in it and then you take off. All right. Now, new set of problems. You're going to the hospital. Your relatives are going crazy because they don't know if you're all right and what's going on. So it's just not worth it. If you've got to be at an appointment at one o'clock and it is 20 minutes away, don't wait 10 minutes till one to make your appointment. And if that appointment is that critical, leave early. Leave early. If you've got to be someplace and you say, okay, it's going to be 20 miles. And so I'm going to average 60 miles an hour. So I'll be there in 20 minutes. No, you're not going to average 60. I don't care what you drive. You're not going to average 60. There's too many factors involved. How about the other drivers on the road? Stopping distance on vehicles. Check the stopping distance on that way to that vehicle that you're driving. There's a few things to consider that. One is your reaction time. Are you paying attention to the brake lights that go on three cars in front of you? Why are they slowing down? There must be something going on. You need to look past the end of your nose and find out what's going on with the traffic around you. Do not go to sleep because you don't know if the guy right beside you is going to blow a tire and come right into you. I had that happen. If the guy had another, if he'd had his rear bumper chromed the second time, I would have taken him out on the freeway and I was locked down and sliding. And he blew, come right by me at about 65 miles an hour and I looked at the left front tire and I've seen it pop right beside me. I got on my brakes right then, sliding down the freeway. And funny thing about it, I was talking to my passenger that I had with me, and I said, you know, wonder what all these tire marks are in the middle of a straight freeway. You know, no traffic around, and there's tire marks all over the place, and you see them, where, and that's what's happened. People are running these old worn-out, hard-cracked tires, and they run it for 300, 400 miles, and they're running, oh, I've got to get back to Tucson, I'm running late. And so they're hauling butt down the freeway, and this tire pops. And then here goes this car, depending on where it's at to how many people it's going to collect on the way to the side of the road. You may go to the left side, you may go to the right side, but you will be going to the side as soon as that tire goes down. People, first thing you do is you hit your brakes, which is wrong. I hit my brakes on that van to try to keep from running over the guy that blew the tire that is in my lane now. And so, yeah, I found out where the tire marks come on a straight freeway just by having it happen to me and just passing this information on. But when I'm driving down a freeway, I'm constantly looking at the person on the left side of me because most of the time I'm in the right-hand lane. And because I've got an exit, I can go to the, I can get off of the freeway if something happens. And going through uh, Picacho, I had an 18-wheeler coming out. The guy was drinking coffee because I seen him. He come out on the road. He come out on the freeway, 75-mile-an-hour speed zone. He comes out at 40 miles an hour off the ramp. And I'm going, 
Oh, my Lord. And he ain't moving. The cars in front are starting to lock down. I mean, behind me, are start, they're seeing what's going on. I'm driving an F-450 with 17-inch rotors all the way around it. I wound up in the mid, in the mid, I had to go the mid and when the, the left-hand lane off the road and I locked mine down and that big bad boy is trying to stop and it weighs 10,000 pounds empty. And when I got stopped and the truck driver was still about 40 mile an hour and I got stopped. Two cars passed me with the brakes locked up while I was sitting down. I was I was shut down, and two cars passed me with their brakes locked up and smoking, going sideways and dancing around in the road. How we got out of that with nobody crashing, I still haven't figured out. I just said, thank you, Lord. I'll take it. And so I waited until all the traffic finally cleared. My heart rate got back down to where I actually agree with the body, and then I pulled back on and went on. But these are things that happen that you don't even know they're happening. When you see a big truck coming up on the freeway, 80,000 pounds, they don't have the horsepower. They've got the horsepower. They're using what they've got, but they've got a big load, and they won't move out into traffic like you think they'll move out into traffic. You know, I, I had a diesel at the time. I can get on that freeway, and I can be 75 when I hit the freeway. And they can't. So it's called keep your head out of your butt and pay attention and anticipate what happens if. Where am I going to go? Am I going to the right side if I blow a tire? Am I going to the left side if I blow a tire? Do I hit my brakes as soon as I blow a tire? No. It has to roll a little bit. Then you get, get let the speed come down naturally. Then hang on, just hang on to it. Turn your emergency blinkers on as soon as you can figure out where they are. And most of them, you should know if you don't find out. And you turn those emergency blinkers on. Oh, and by the way, that's talking to the vehicles behind you and the people that are coming to you if you're on a two-lane and let them know that, oh, I've got a problem here. That's what these emergency blinkers are for. And then you apply your brakes gradually. You do not lock down your brakes. Okay, and I have blown tires like that. I know what I'm talking about, and I used to run stock cars too, so I know a little bit. I know what can happen when you have a, a blown tire in the middle of a 115 mile an hour run down a straightaway. So, just I'm not kidding, especially on old tires that have run three or four hundred miles up the road. They built the pressures up in the tires. The tire's not going to take it because it's old. It wants out. Uh, the A dot numbers done expired about ten years ago, and you're running on a prayer. So, just be careful. All right, Andrew, what did you say? Somebody's on the phone. No, Jerry. Uh, it must have just been some feedback. Okay, yeah, we're getting a little feedback. All right, buddy. Thanks. Uh, all right. So, what do you got to shed on that one, Mister Jimbo? Uh, I will tell you, Jerry, the wor- one of the worst wrecks I was ever at in my life was was due to flat tire, bad tires. A woman was driving a, or I should say, I don't think it was a woman. It was a person driving a, a little car. They had a blowout. They spun out in the middle of I-10 near Prince Road. Um, it was such a horrific accident. There was there were, obviously the road was blocked for hours, but there was multiple fatalities. It was it was one of the most horrific sites I'd ever been to. 
simply because one, the tires that were on the vehicle were so bad that I mean the cords were showing through. Uh, and two, the person driving the car, you know, spun out and was unable to get it, you know, off into the, you know, if you have a blowout or an emergency and you can get to the, either the median or you can get to the safety lane, you know, that goes a long way. That, that, the getting out of the, out of the line of traffic, that, that hugely, hugely beneficial. Um, they spun out and stopped in the middle of three lanes and it was, like I said, it was one of the worst wrecks I'd ever been to in my life. Um, very, very graphic. It's one of the things I see. I just don't like seeing them. So, yeah, get your tires checked. Go to the tire guy. Get them fixed. Yep. Don't forget it. And now vacation's coming up, people. This is uh, April. Uh, you got your taxes done or you will have them done. And you're looking forward to going up to the White Mountains. You're looking forward to going to San Diego. You're looking forward to going to Phoenix. You're looking forward to going to Las Vegas and uh, or Bullhead City. And, boy, you just you got everything all figured out. Life is good. You changed the oil in your car so you think it's been serviced properly and vacation checked. Well, make sure you get a vacation check on it before you go. A week before you go. And then if there is a problem, it can be cured. Now, it's not uncommon for Simmons 4x4 or automotive specialists to see vehicles come in there and they say, oh, uh, I'm getting ready. I'm going to drive this thing to San Diego or I'm going to drive it to uh, Las Vegas and I need a vacation check on it. And uh, so we start the vacation check and we're looking at this thing and going, there's nothing been done on this car. It's, it's got 145,000 miles on it. Most of the stuff on it is either leaking or broke or worn out. And so you do an estimate for the guy, and he sits there and looks at you and going, holy crap, that's more than my vacation is going to cost. No, it's not. Go rent you a car about 500 bucks, and take your vacation because you've earned it. You're looking forward to it. Your family's looking forward to it. Rent a car. Don't worry about the vehicle that you've got that will probably run from your house to the Circle K and back a million times with it running under conditions that it's in. But don't take the vehicle. If it's going to cause you not to go on your vacation, go rent a car. Rental cars are all over Tucson. Go rent a car, drive it, get a, a vehicle, late model vehicle, drive a son of a gun out there and get back. But make sure you know where the spare tire location is in the rental vehicle, especially if it's a minivan. Um, Mike Gableson run across that in the middle of the desert going to Reno, Nevada. And it, once he found the tire, after he called the rental place and said, where did you put this tire on this car? It was under the floorboard, under the car, on the back seat, the middle seat of that minivan that he rented. Now, interesting problem. He's off the side of the road in the dirt. He actually had to move it down to where he could get it up on the side of a little bank so that he could get under there and get this darn spare tire out to change it. As far as I know, he's still mad about it. But um, I could see Mike so doing that. No, that, would be, that would have been interesting to watch. Oh, I'm sure it turned his face kind of red. And I would not want to be on the other end of that phone when he called in and says, uh, you want to tell me where you put your spare tire? Because I know he didn't say it that way. 
But uh, just know know what you're working with, but don't let a vehicle that uh, has run forever and it's the best vehicle you've ever had and you've never done anything to it. When you tell a, a service writer that or a service advisor that, they're going to look at you and go, oh, my God. And now you want us to do a full inspection on this thing and give you the results. Holy cow. Well, I told them at Simmons, I said, you know, I can give oxygen to someone. I know how to do that. Uh, I just don't happen to have that oxygen tank down there. And uh, so make sure if a person starts hyperventilating there, just have a seat, have a seat. They they have rental cars all the time that you can go rent a vehicle and go on your vacation. Do not miss a vacation because your vehicle is not capable of running to wherever. I had a buddy of mine that bought a brand-new vehicle. He got ready to go on the vacation to Ohio. And instead of taking his brand-new vehicle that's more than capable of running that distance and back, he rented a vehicle. And I said, why did you do that? He said, I didn't want to put that many miles on my new vehicle. I'm going, okay. So he just he drove the rental vehicle all the way back, had a wonderful trip, come back. Life, is he's good. He didn't have that extra mileage on his brand-new vehicle, and he's not worried about it. You know, he had planned for it. So that's just, that's actually much more common than you know. People running the car uh, so they can keep the miles down on there. That, that's very common. Well, if it, for the if you've got a lease vehicle, I'd be renting a, a car every time I left Tucson, Arizona, because the amount of mileage and your mileage restrictions on these vehicles. Because if you lease a vehicle, when you get ready to turn that son of a gun in, they're going to look at that odometer. If you're sitting there with three-year vehicle, 100,000 miles on it, because you decide to lease your brand-new vehicle and see the country, uh, you're going to have a lot of miles, and you're going to have a lot of expense right there at the end of that contract at three years. And I've seen that over and over and over. And, you know, so, hey, there's an Uber somewhere, but... uh, You've got to manage your miles on a lease vehicle. You buy a vehicle, you can just drive until the wheels fall off. Hopefully you get it fixed before the wheels fall off. I cannot emphasize enough on tires in Arizona and 160-degree road temperature. I cannot emphasize enough how critical they are. Jim will back me up, too. So, 100%. 100%. Tire, tires are... are... The worst things they they I don't know what it is about today's tires, but they seem like they last less long. They 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 dry rot quickly. I've watched them literally explode just sitting, just sitting, and they just go off like a like a shotgun. It's it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. So you you can't and there's nothing that will stop your day that worse than a flat tire because well your car's not rolling. I don't care if the car's electric or gas or propane or CNG. It still has to have a tire to make it roll down the road. And that's the number. Gosh, please check your tires. Check your tires before you go anywhere. I mean, they're check them for air. They they lose six pounds of air historically by a month because uh, air permeates out through the tires. What they tell me. So, the, so every month they, it'll go down six psi. So you may be checking it every month or every every couple of weeks. You know, check it for nails. Uh, uh, you know, you get those hidden nail in there, and and it that it doesn't look like much or a little screw or a piece of debris. You'll you'll be driving down the road, and that thing will wiggle, and then all of a sudden, boom! And there there you sit. 
Now you're stuck with no yep. with with a tire and and in a new car the can of fix the flat. You know that's my favorite thing. <laughs> I, I think the guys thought that maybe we you'd put the fix a flat in there it would be like foam it would just fill up the whole tire and inflate it back to so like like the old foam filled tires that they put on equipment and then you could drive on that. Maybe that's what they're thinking was. Because <laughs> I'm here to tell you it does not work all the time. It doesn't work most of the time. So. I I will not take a vehicle out of Tucson, Arizona without a good spare tire. I, j- I won't do it. Uh, you know, you give me a can of fix flat, and they say, well, you know, the Space Saver tires. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. You know, they're good for 50 miles, and I've seen people driving for 300. But they also run 65 pounds of air. And then you check them when we do our uh, oil service over the shop, and this tire's got 30 pounds in it. And the, guy, and the owners look and say, Where's that located anyway? Okay. Standard question, not a dumb question, because then you put it in your SUV. It's in the floorboard of the SUV, on the back end of the SUV. Well, now you've got all your luggage goes in that back storage compartment, everything. You've got everything but a kitchen sink, and I have yet to see a kitchen sink in one. But then you you have a flat tire. Okay. Your, your, your jack. Your little space saver tire is all in one little neat compartment under every piece of luggage and stuff that you've got in the back of that. So now you go down the road and you look like somebody's moving in on the side of the road because they've got all their luggage and their furniture out on the side of the road just so they can get to the spare tire to even change it. So a little planning goes a long way on these things. Oh, I, and right. that's an excellent point, Jerry. You're, you're, let me finish that one thing. That's an excellent point. You have all of your stuff in the car. Now, like most people, you methodically put it in there in a certain way so that when you unloaded it, it was easy. To, it was going to be easy to get to. You could have it all lined up. I guarantee you, when you're on the side of the road, that stuff gets pulled out, and then it gets just you're you're in such a hurry, you're so frustrated, it just gets piled back in the car. So it might not even fit now because that nice methodical laid out plan that you had with the luggage before <laughs> no longer exists. So now it's in the back seat with the kids. You know, it fit before. Why doesn't it fit now? <laughs> well, it doesn't fit because you're because you're on the side of the freeway. At 110 cars moving 75, and you know you do not want to be there. Of all the things, places you want to be, this is not it. So this is the place to be from. And, and your stuff's piled there. You're trying to figure out how to strap it to the roof, and you're like, I can't figure out why it won't fit. You know, you're oh wait, you got to put the 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 big tire, the car, the tire that was on the car in the trunk too, and it doesn't fit in the space saver right. spot because the space saver right. tire is much smaller. So now 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 nothing's working, and even more. So you get it all done, and now you got the frustration of repacking the car. And um, your your significant other is very unhappy. Oh so. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, didn't you check the tires? Yeah, <laughs> I told uh, you to. T- I, I gave you fine. one job: make sure the car is ready so when we go. I took care of everything that's, else. Your job was to take care of the car. Probably not going to be know, a good thing. True. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and the best thing for you to do at that point is shut up. You know, do not argue. Do not for two argue weeks. because you, you're for talking two about weeks. a vacation being screwed up. Woo! Oh, that, and just wait till you work. get to the mother-in-law's house because that whole story is going to get replayed at mother-in-law's house. Oh, yeah. and, and maybe your father-in-law will be more severe than what happened. 
That's right. It's going to be way blown out of proportion. And you're going to have to sit there, and your options are to drink or to be quiet, you know, maybe go outside because it's not going to be a great day. 719-1490 is the call number down here. 719-1490. Give us a shout down here. Oh, I guess I better mention some of the other sponsors on the show between just me and Jim. Um, so we've got uh, automotive specialist Brian Fuller, who's a regular on the show. Uh, 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101, Meredith and Ina in the Bookman's Plaza. His business phone is 572-1734. Brian's cell number is 237-3852. Excellent shop on the far west. Excellent. Automotive Specialist AZ.com. You can go to his website. It's easy navigation. It's a good website. That'll show you what uh, type of work he does there. That'll show you what the inside building looks like. A lot of his equipment you'll see automatically. Um, just just a just a good shop. Mr. Test First, Don't Guess. And uh, if you forget the address or the phone numbers, you can Google Test First, Don't Guess, and Brian Fuller's <laughs> will show up. So he's on Google as Mr. Test First, Don't Guess. Absolutely the perfect scenario for automotive diagnostics test first don't guess and when you pull in the guy said we've got to test this thing you go well you know how long is that going to be we don't know you know we we maybe an hour maybe two hours we don't know because these things are electronic vehicles that have some of them's got up to 43 computers on them they got a computer for everything and the computer, you may have limped in. It went to limp mode because you, it was running so bad. Uh, so then it becomes a issue. So be patient with your shop that's doing this stuff. They are working as fast as they possibly can. Uh, Brian says, hey, uh, we do operate by appointments, and he is booked in pretty much like Simmons is about a week in advance. And there's not a whole bunch we can do about it because the vehicles that come in, the ones that have regular maintenance on them, uh, that especially if we have all the records on them, then it gives us a head start on how to what to go look for in your vehicle. Because if we noticed anything that was a suspect on the last one, say, okay, we're going to follow this, but uh, when next time you come in for an oil service, uh, be prepared. We're going to check everything else out again for you. We're going to give you the best uh, copy of the sheet that we use. And so you're going to need to, uh, you know, just be patient with your shops. I mean, they've got more than just your car when it rolls in. we got to be able to find the parts. Some parts are the manufacturers, OEM. Uh, they have so many breakages on some of the little parts like GM with a fuel pump. Uh, they try to keep about 150 fuel pumps on board, but every now and then they just run out, and uh, th- we have to wait a couple of days before we can get a fuel pump in. That's the reason we use Merle's a lot instead of the OE on the fuel pumps and stuff like that, and you can probably do it. But even Merle's runs out of this stuff on occasions. Uh, if you have uh, bad weather in the Midwest, where some of the parts come in from the Midwest and the Far East, uh, you have bad weather where the trucks are actually locked down for a couple of days. That sets the inventory back. If you have something coming in from overseas and it gets to L.A. and then they go on strike on the shipping docks over there, that's another pain in the butt. So a lot of things go into automotive repair other than you just pulling it in the garage, 
and say, okay, this is what I've got going. Because there is a gazillion models out there right now. There used to be about 200, about uh, 2,000, used to be about 2,060 models out there. I haven't seen a statistic on it since then because I think that their changes are stinking fast that they can't keep up with the numbers and the models. They'll have one model, and then the first thing you know, halfway through the year, they come out with another model. It's basically the same car, but it's an updated version. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on with the automotive industry that we have to do a lot of computer work in order to just pull off the repairs. So just be patient and understand that uh, it is quite Quite, when you come in for that vacation inspection and we tell you what it is, we're going to write it down. We're going to hand it to you on a piece of paper. And then you're going to look at it, and hopefully you don't pass out. But we'll say, and this is this is the way it is. You can take it. And we'll highlight the stuff that's going to park you on the side of the road or it's going to break your bank if you don't get it taken care of. And then you you can take it home. We have a lot of our clients that actually still do some of the small stuff like change the oil. But even changing the oil on a vehicle, when you go down and you get the oil from Merrill's and you say, okay, I want I want a I, I want a 10W40. When your vehicle calls for a 5W20, don't put the 1040 in there, okay? Because if you're still under warranty, it's going to void your warranty. And so you want to put in the what the owner's manual calls for. If you go a 5W20, uh, uh, all the W is is the winner. 5W20 is a winner. So you can run the winner in the summertime, too, believe it or not. A lot of people do it. And so that's not as critical as you go in there and say, okay, I want a 1040 put in it. I don't like the 5W20. Really? What makes you not like the 5W20? Now, one thing that I run in with the Mustang is on when they pre-seal my transmission, on the on the bottle of fluid they put inside that transmission, it says, do not use an additive with this fluid. I'm going, why do you put that on there? There is additives all over. 99% of them will mix with the transmission fluid. And so... When I told them, they said, well, we can't pick up the shift points on your on your uh, high gear. I said, yeah, you can. You can. And they said, well, it, it, it don't want to hold high gear when it goes into gear. I said, that's fine, because I just read an article about the viscosity of transmission fluid, and one of the problems that the guy had on the form that I was reading was a transmission that wouldn't hold high gear after he resealed it and flushed the transmission. And I said, it's got to be something still in there that needs to be cleaned out, that it didn't get cleaned out. And so, therefore, I'm going to put a can, of, a bottle of Lucas in mine, and I'm going to see if it works because, after all, it is a test vehicle. So I looked at and I looked at it, and it said guaranteed to work. I put it in it, and guess what? It worked within a mile. It picked up that third gear. It held it in. All it was is a piece of garbage somewhere in the valve body that wouldn't let it stay in. It wasn't going in fully engaging. This cleaned it up, the rest of the way, it's run perfect. So, yes. And, you know, they said, and I told my son about it, and he said, well, what are you going to do if it takes the transmission out? I said, I'll replace the transmission, I guess, because right now it's running good, and I'm going to leave it. I don't drive it that much anyway. Um, all right, let's see, who we got on the phone? Uh, we got Bill on line one. All right. 
can go to Bill. Bill, welcome to ESPN Simmons Car Care Show. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Jerry, I have a 2016 uh, Subaru Forester, bought it new, and, you know, having driven several cars over my lifetime, the brakes on this car uh, haven't been up to snuff since day one. And I brought it back to the dealer at least twice, and they tell me everything's within specs. But anyway, I'm looking at upgrading the brakes, and there's a a four-pot caliper, I believe, from Cadillac CTS-V that will bolt right up to the Subaru. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to get your opinion on the four-pot Versus the two pot. I mean, do you think I'm going to get significantly or noticeably better braking with a four pot? This would just be on the front, not the rear. So you're talking about putting uh, twin calipers up front? Yeah. Or just the four pistons in the caliper? Four piston, yeah. Uh, well, CTS runs a little faster. It's got a little different speed rating than the uh, the one that you're driving, the Forester. And I think that's the reason they went for the bigger ones, uh, because of the speed ratings on these vehicles now. I would what what is your brakes doing? Well, what are they re- what, me, what's the symptoms? Well, uh, in I'm talking really about an emergency braking uh, situation. I get a whole bunch of nosedive, but it seems just like the stopping power isn't there. And I'm just judging from all the other cars I've ever driven over my lifetime. What? Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. All right. What car did you have before you bought this Subaru? Uh, right before the Subaru, I had a Mercedes ML uh, 350. Okay. All right. And so then and you I've went had from Mercedes. And several BMW to... M cars and, uh, uh-huh. you know, all all kinds of cars, man, you name it. 55 Ford, 60 Volkswagen, dozens of cars. Mm-hmm. But this one just seems and to be inadequate to me. Well, you got, you should have four-wheel uh, ABS on this thing, okay, or anti-skids. Yep. A lot of them feel different when you hit the pedal. The pedal is a little bit harder. They are on my – I have a 2017 Ford F-150 and a 2018 2500 Dodge Diesel. The brakes on the two vehicles are totally different. The one on the 17 Ford will stop you on a dime and give you change. The one on the big diesel, you think, oh my gosh, is this thing going to actually stop? It always stops, and it stops in the same distance. There's no sliding tires or anything like that. But the problem with the, if you pump the brakes on an ABS system, you lose the effect of the ABS, okay? Uh, I would take that Subaru out on some back dirt parking lot somewhere or another down around uh, Vail or someplace out there where you got plenty of room 
And I drive it up about 45 miles an hour, and I lock that son of a gun down to see what it does. You say it nosedives, but it doesn't dart to the right or left, correct? Right. It breaks straight, yeah. Okay. Uh, when you take it to the dealership, do they check to see if there's any technical service bulletins on the braking system on your particular unit? Uh, you know, I don't know. They just tell me it's within specs, but occasionally I have checked uh, to see the bulletins because there's some website you can go to, and I haven't found any bulletin on the, the brakes. Okay. Uh, then it's probably just a different brake system. As far as, you know, how many miles do you have on it? Uh, around 60. Around 60,000 miles, okay. Yeah. Uh, have they yeah. changed the brake fluid on it? Mm, yes, they did, because I brought it in uh, for another issue and just told them, uh, just check everything over, you know, make sure... You know, everything's up to snuff, not necessarily with the brakes, but just everything. And they wound up replacing the rear brake pad, but they said the front looked fine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Uh, wow. That's normally it's the front it wears out first. Um, okay. Well, uh if they, if you can stop it, and this goes to you, you need to feel comfortable that when you hit the brakes on this son of a gun, that it stops. Okay? Can you change? You can modify any brake system in the country. They, they've got something to modify with. Uh, as far as a direct bolt on on that Subaru, I don't recall ever doing the direct bolt on from that, but I recall putting slotted rotors on and a numerous upgrades on uh, General Motors products especially on the trucks and the Suburbans and stuff like that. That can be done. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, you know, the brake pads, maybe they need to go to a different brake pad or uh, step up the quality of a brake pad on these things. I know that when you go in to buy a brake pad, there's about three or four different uh, quality of brake pads that's available. Uh, yeah, that, so, that was another think, question I wanted to ask you, too. What, what mm -hmm. kind of brake pad would you recommend? Just you know, I don't do a lot of towing, but just for street use, that would give me immediate bite. Uh, that car, 2016, should have that application on there. On some of the foreign cars, we can use aftermarket parts on 99% of the vehicles we work on, but that one percent. We go to factory, and most of them are foreign cars, where we go back to the dealership and we buy a set of brake pads and put on it. When you put the brake pads on the front, they should be front and rears, same thing, okay? Uh, I don't I don't like to say, okay, well, you need a set of fronts, unless the backs are about 80% good, still good, because the front is what's going to keep you stopping straight. The front's going to be carrying a load because the weight transfer. And it, yeah. the body will tilt toward the front, so you're going to need that extra good brake shoes on the front. But I would take it to a dirt road, or I'd take it out to a paved road that has no traffic on it at all and take it about 40, 45 mile an hour, and then I'd stand on the brakes. One, mm -hmm. if your ABS is working properly, you'll stop straight, okay? And it won't be any ducking or diving or anything like that, but you do not 
pump the brakes on the ABS system. You slam them down and you hang on. You should feel the brake pedal pulsating a little bit under it. That's normal, but lock it down and make yourself comfortable with the braking system you have. Because every time I get in my 2017 Ford 150 and drive it, I hit the brakes and I'm, oh my gosh, what what is this? It doesn't take the number 12 shoe that I wear much weight to make that Ford stop because the brake master cylinder and stuff is really supplying a, a lot of assistance to it. On the diesel, I have to push it down. I have to put some pressure on it to get it to stop. But I did what I'm recommending to you. I take it out on the back road and lock it down and see what happens. You know, okay. I don't like surprises, especially in an emergency. I don't yeah. think you have a big problem if they've changed the brake fluid and if the brake shoes they put on the back are a quality brake pad to match the front. But, you know, you can always just go and say, hey, I, I want to just put me a set of pads on the front. You don't have to wait till they wear out. You, you, if, you're, if you're this concerned about the way that thing's stopping, they say everything's within specifications. Well, if I wanted one that, I didn't, that didn't seem like it's going to stop, I, well, you did. You bought it from a factory. Okay? And, but that's, that's one of those things on a good test drive. Instead of driving it around the block, you need to take it out. Lock that son of a gun down. Make sure all the brakes are working to your satisfactory. Okay? Okay. And the only way I know to do that is find your vacant road somewhere outside the city limits, 45 mile an hour, and lock it down and see yeah. if it stops. It may, at 45 mile an hour, it probably won't even slide the tires unless you're on a, uh, a contaminated surface. But mm-hmm. it should stop you, and it doesn't feel like it'll stop, but it will stop. But the brake pedal will pulsate just a little bit on the foot. Don't pump it. We have a habit with the older cars where we actually, if a brake pedal don't feel right, we we'll just pump it a couple of times. It'll be all right. Don't right. pump one that has ABS brakes, Okay. Okay, okay. But I don't, yeah, it doesn't know, sound I'm, like it's true. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I've tried what you're saying, but I, I was only going maybe 20, 25 miles an hour just to kind of touch No, you don't hit emergency but, brakes at 25 miles an hour. Take it up to 45. Okay. Take it up to 45. Stand on that son of a gun. See if that's what you want. It's better to okay. do it when you're not around traffic than it is right in the middle of a panic stop. At least you'll know yep. what you got. Okay. But that's right, not a bad vehicle. Okay? Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with it other than the uh, emergency braking situations. It's just I guess, like you said, it's a, you have a difference between those two trucks of yours, and uh, this just seems different from just about every other car I've driven. Uh, oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. You yeah. look at that Mercedes. It's got top-of-the-line brake system on it, okay? The brake pads are probably a little bigger. The rotor's probably a little bigger, and so it, and it, it may have, it's got a different uh, the, uh, brake booster on it. You know, uh, the difference between my uh, diesel and my Ford truck, the Ford truck has a booster on it, a brake booster that we're used to with the older technology that works absolutely perfect. And mine has that hydraulic system in it that runs the power steering also, okay, mm-hmm. which I knew is going to be a little different. But I don't care. When I hit the brakes, I want it to stop. I don't want the factory to tell me, 
oh, this is in specifications. I don't give a crap. I want it to yeah. stop. I don't care whose specifications you test. It has to work. I don't care what it's advertised to do. It has to work, especially yeah. on brakes. That's something that I don't play with at all. So, you know, that's what I would do. Bill, I'd take that thing out and find me a road. You could take it up by 45 miles an hour, check your traffic, make sure nobody's around you or in front of you. Lock that sucker down at about 45. You'll be able to hold on to it because, one, you're going to know what you're doing. You're going to stop this sucker, and you're gonna, you'll do a visual on how long it takes you to actually stop it on a panic. But I, my money tells me that uh, you'll probably find out that the brakes are actually working good. It's just got a different system and a different touch than what you were used to. Okay? Yeah. Okay. All right, Jerry. All right, buddy. Thanks Thank you, much. sir. Appreciate the call. Be safe. Okay. You All, right. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Bill. Uh, automotive specialist, we've already covered. Lens Auto Brokerage, 628 7500. Go to com. I visited your site yesterday. Oh my gosh, have they got some sweetheart vehicles down at Lens Auto Brokerage, 628 7500. I don't care if you're looking for a pickup, I don't care if you're looking for a hot rod, I don't care if you're looking for a gas miser. They've got it all. They got plenty of Jeeps. Uh, check out the website, lensautobrokerage.com, and see what they got. We're about out of time, aren't we, Andrew? Oh, okay. Well, that's long enough to Jim say goodbye and uh, for me to thank Jim for being on the show. Jim, you got any motoring no recommendations? Well, so it's, it's accident-free Saturday. Um, now I just... Uh... I don't know. Just use your brain when you drive. <laughs> uh, Jerry, it was a pleasure having, having, having me on the last three weeks. If you need me back, let me know. I hope uh, Brian's doing better. I hope he comes back next week and helps you out again. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. And thanks for all the information on these vehicles and road crashes and stuff. That's just something that you see all the time. So I really appreciate the good information and the helpful hints that you passed on. So thank you very much. Well, my pleasure, Jerry. Happy to help anytime. All right, buddy. Thank you. Uh, All right. We're out of time right here on the Simmons Car Care Show. Until next week, God bless. This is a a crash-free Saturday. So be careful. Bye-bye.